Hey guys, you are listening to Geek Radio on KPFK and on KPFK Geek Radio on Facebook. This is your weekly dose of geek pop culture films, comic books, TV shows, and more. I'm Chris. And I'm Patrick. I'm RJ. And Ron. And we're going to have a great show for you guys. Today, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more about Black Panther. And uh, in addition to that, we are really excited to review a film that just came out a few days ago, Annihilation, starring Natalie Portman. Yes. And then also stick around a little bit later at the end of the show. Uh, Ron's going to be talking to us about his experiences down at Long Beach Comic Expo last weekend. Uh, but before we get into uh, our Annihilation review, uh, I want to introduce the two new hosts that we have on the show. This is their first time on Geek Radio. Uh, RJ, talk just a few seconds about yourself, and then let us know what you thought of Black Panther. Black Panther, okay. Uh, so, yeah, if anybody saw him, uh, was around for the Hall of Feet, our Star Wars podcast, uh, they'll know that about me. Uh, that looks good. <laughs> uh, yeah, so a little about me. I, I like movies of all sorts. I am more of a type who will pay attention to the plot rather than what's happening on the screen, because I think at this point, all movies had to do, do all movie makers know how to make movies beautiful and now it's about making them smart uh, as far as what I thought of Black Widow since we're talking about that Black Panther? Black Widow oh I Black wish Widow. there was a Black <laughs> Widow wow wait did we already wait, reveal is, that there's is, a movie? is this a harbinger? Is, is this gonna happen? so I wasn't supposed to mention this but <laughs> I got into I got <laughs> some people no. Disney don't come after us oh, Black man. Panther so Black Animal Black Panther yes uh, visually I thought it was great uh, I thought the plot was better than The Last Jedi but I thought there were still a few plot holes in it, uh, some idiosyncrasies. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's the worst Marvel movie. Definitely not the worst. Uh, is it the best? No. It's middle of the ground. I'd probably give it that. <coughs> but rather than going into it, I'll pass up to Ron. To Ron, introduce yourself, and I want to hear what you thought of Black Panther. Well, as, as, as uh, Chris so rightfully mentioned, my name is Ron. I have my jazz voice going on right now. Um, just getting off and trying to get off a, a little bit of a cold. Uh, I, I'm a geek, uh, just as everybody in this room is. Uh, a nerd that loves Disney, Star Wars, Marvel, DC <coughs> comics. Um, <laughs> the uh, anything and everything that has to do with cons, the experience, just sharing and taking in everything that's just nerdy geeky. If you're nerdy geeky, love it. If it's not something I like. Let's 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 talk about it. Um, let's let's just let's just be nerdy. Let's just hold hands and be merry. <laughs> and Black Panther. What did you Black think? Panther? Uh, I loved it. I saw the movie twice. I saw it again last night. I was able to see it uh, the first time on at a uh, uh, a fan preview night, not the official one that they were uh, saying on the fifteenth as a fan night, but um, it was a date before that I was lucky to get uh, and obtain tickets. And when I saw it. I, I I was I was amazed at how well it was done, especially uh, br- briefly mentioning about it, cinematography, uh, characters. They gave a lot of equal screen time to all the characters involved. Um, it was it was cool to see that even though T'Challa, Black Panther, was the main hero and the main character, it seemed like any, everybody else also stepped up their game and kind of took took point on their uh, the development of their character. Michael B. Jordan, wow. Uh, yes. As a villain, wow. Yes. Um, as I had discussed uh, on a prior occasion with the rest of the group here, um, he's ruthless, forefront, knows what he wants, straightforward. Uh, if I can say this on air, kick ass. Heck yeah. Um, uh, just brutal. Br- uh, just straight up brutal. Like like uh, Ultron was. Ultron was pretty brutal in his ways. I mean, uh, things. Mm-hmm. Um, hey. Th- I was thinking about this on the way here, though. Uh, I kind of every Marvel movie up to this point has had a theme. Whenever mm. there's a heroic action coming in, there's a theme. I couldn't catch that same feeling from Black Panther, though. That's what mm. I would think I was was missing from the movie. I think I think they definitely had a theme for the movie, um, but I, I think there was a theme. Like we Avengers, we know the theme song behind the Avengers. Mm-hmm. We know the theme song. In Winter Soldier and Captain America and the Guardians, um, 
it, that was missing from from Black Panther, unless it was the unless it was the director's intention and the writer's intention to basically um, have uh, have it culturally grounded mm. in bringing in African music into the film. Interesting. But overall, uh, I love the characters. The costumes amazing. Um, uh, that's that's. I I really have no hate for the movie. I yeah. think it's definitely a step forward in Marvel in, in the right direction. Yeah. Um, let's just hope to see that from any prior prior Easter eggs. I'm gonna I'm just gonna put this out there. From Iron Man two, I had a discussion with another friend about this about certain Easter eggs. Iron Man two, if they mention the Atlantic, let's have an Asian namer in there. That, mm. That's all I gotta say. Interesting. Yeah. And then quickly, RJ, before we go on to talk about Annihilation, yeah. just mention a few things that you thought maybe if they had changed a little bit about this film, it would have been a better film. I will say when you were talking about a warmonger, I did think he was a great character, but I thought you were forgetting one key defining feature of his character in that he only existed because the movie needed a villain. It was he was definitely a villain. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, well no, no, but I mean, why did he exist? He existed because the father said we have to leave him here because we can't let others know what his father did we can't let him know that he's dead so instead they said he disappeared so instead the council rather than spending what's it's i mean it's, it's an innumerable wealth and resources to find the brother of the king they just said oh he's gone okay as opposed to bringing back the son saying here's the son we had to kill his father because mm-hmm. one we found he was stealing resources from wakanda letting others know about mm-hmm. us which is not something we do and he tried <laughs> to kill another wakandan yeah. Therefore, we had to leave this guy here because the movie needed. I roll. felt that way about Claw. I felt that like Claw, there was a little bit too much of that, and he didn't end up playing into things at the end. Um, but I, I feel like there was a reason for Warmonger to be in it. I think the Kill whole, Mon- Killmonger. The whole Killmonger. Po- Killmonger. Yeah. Oh, but Killmonger. the, the whole the whole point, you know, of the film is getting Wakanda to a point where it can start you know, helping other countries and using our technology to, to help the people around them. And something needed to happen internally, some type of shift to cause that. Oh, and no. while there, they, there are these conversations among, like, you know, Nakia and, um, and uh, Black Panther about this, nothing happens until, nothing's going to happen until something crazy happens. And I think that the Killmonger was supposed to come in and be that big shift that then causes them to reach a middle ground where, no, we're not going to conquer everybody, but we're still going to help them. And I think that's the reason why his character was there. Well, and, and I don't disagree with that. That mm-hmm. is why his character was mm-hmm. there. But my problem is, as far as the plot goes, mm-hmm. there wasn't a strong enough reason for why he was there. Like, if the, if the mm-hmm. father, if the if the uh, uncle, the priest, if, uh, mm-hmm. if Forrest Whitaker's character, yeah. if neither of them had even known the son existed, that would have been a different story because then there was no reason why the son was left there. It was just he was left there and nobody knew about him. He wasn't a secret because then it's, well, why did you keep the secret? You're the king. Yada yada. yada. There, and yeah. there, there's a lot. There's, I mean, obviously, there's a lot more into that. But yeah. as you said, we're talking about annihilation, so yeah. don't want to go too far into yeah. that. If you want to hear us talk a, a, a lot more in depth about Black Panther, uh, last week on Geek Radio we talked about it. So just go to our Facebook page, uh, KPFK Geek Radio. You can see uh, the video of us talking about that. It's about halfway in through the video. Uh, but let's talk about Annihilation. Okay, so I've seen this film. I just watched it a few hours ago. Patrick, I know you're really excited to talk about this. Yep. Arda, you saw it last night. I saw it last night. Uh, Ron, have you seen it I, I haven't seen it. Okay, so um, is this something I'm, that you need to go in the other room not to be spoiled about, or...? I don't. I really don't care about. Okay. I really. You know what? I, I will actually step out of the other room because maybe maybe there is discussions that I probably don't want to hear. Usually so, I don't mind spoilers. So we're gonna call we're gonna call you back in to talk about Long Beach when we're finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, we'll bye for sure. now. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna say bye um, to Ron for a little bit, but um, he'll be back to talk about Long Beach. But let's get into Annihilation. Uh, I feel like I need to go to you first, Patrick, because you seem so stoked about talking. To okay, Douglas. well, first of all, <laughs> as you said last week, you know I love all movies. Yes. And having done the show with me for a year, you also know how I feel about Natalie Portman. <laughs> Therefore, what do you think I give this for <laughs> Uh, a, a 100 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you, you have an interesting uh, scale there where you, if you give everything a 10 out of 10, you got to start giving oh, higher absolutely. numbers. Absolutely. Natalie gets an extra 90 points no matter what. <laughs> um, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. It yeah. was, it, I, I, um, I saw the trailer, but I tried not to read anything else about the movie. So uh-huh. I went in super blind, not knowing what I was going to get. Yeah. And, and that's why I, one of the things I really enjoyed about it, I really had no idea where it was going to take me. Um, and, um, I don't want to get to the end. Uh, when we get to the end, I'll come yeah. back and tell you another reason yeah. why I liked it. But, yeah. but it was it was a it was a fun ride. I maybe it's been done before, but I had never seen. I mean, I've seen things like this visually, but mm-hmm. you know the, the the way they did the story and how it turned out wasn't really 
what we usually get from a science fiction film, in my opinion. Yeah. Feel free to disagree. But you're wrong. Interesting. <laughs> Everyone's um, allowed to be wrong once. And I, I, I want to. I, I uh, you were oh. texting us, um, RJ, after you saw the film, and you were like, um, "Okay, so." <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I also liked it. Uh, I really enjoyed the way they told the story. I thought it maybe it was a little longer than it needed to be to tell the story. Uh, but I understand why. I'll put it this way: I thought technically. As far as all the aspects that go into making a movie, all the aspects that go into writing a script, I thought it was a great movie. Uh, as far and but I don't think it's going to last in theaters long, and I don't think it's going to have a big box office. I, I agree with you because yeah. I don't think it's for everyone. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely. It's, I mean, even my theater alone. As soon as it ended, I heard people just going like, "What? That was it? What happened? <laughs> I don't I don't understand it." And because I mean, mm-hmm. it is primarily this is primarily a movie that is about its method or its its message. It's less about the journey to get there. While there is a journey, and it is. It's relatively exciting. Uh, it's more about what the movie makes you think, and most people they like going into a movie, shutting their brain off, and following surface level stuff and kind yeah. of seeing that. I, 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 do, I don't. I'm not trying to say like, oh, this is such a smart movie. I don't think normal people are going to be able to understand. I, I, think I think it was presented as science fiction, and it was really to me, it felt like a mystery. We're we're slowly showing you what you know pieces of what's going on here, who she is, like we're giving you pieces of her story and her husband's story, and it was more of like sitting there trying to figure out, you know, trying to to, to piece it all together as opposed to like, oh, when are they going to find the the monster and things Mm. are going to explode, and, you know. I I do think the uh, the trailers probably were a bit misleading in that because they did make it seem, very true. they did make it seem a bit different than what the movie actually was and that's yeah. why I wasn't going to see it initially because I, I saw the trailer before watching The Last Jedi many times and I was like oh this is, seems like just kind of like a jump scare horror film it kind of reminded me of Suicide Force but like a more sci-fi version of it and you know and I was like that, that's not really my favorite type of movie you know I don't really like that those type of thriller movies that are kind of more just like jump scare horror types you know I like but then I went on Twitter and I saw what people were saying about this movie and they were saying like this is similar to like the tree of life uh, the fountain like movies that are kind of more esoteric you said like Mr. Nobody as Mr. well Mr. Nobody I didn't hear anybody comparing it to Mr. Nobody however I would do that myself um, but but that's like, another, another film like that and so I'm like okay that's kind of more of my vibe and I can understand a lot of these movies don't do very well in theaters. Mm-hmm. So obviously if they know, oh, it's one of these movies, we want to make money, we got to make it seem like something that people are more into. Yeah. And what are people into? Jump scare in the forest horror films. I will say, <laughs> I, I do want to talk about the trailer, then I'll let you get yes. to how you thought about yeah. the movie. Um, is I didn't think I didn't think it was leading into a jump scare movie. Okay. I, I obviously it definitely seemed very heavily horror, mm-hmm. which I mean I like horror and with the theme I thought it was something along the lines of all these forces go into this field that is somehow creating these terrible. I mean it, I thought it exactly what it was that is creating these strangely evolved, strangely mm-hmm. mutated beings. But I thought it was going to be more about that and more of a survival horror yeah. than than mm. the sci-fi mystery. Yeah. I mean, there there was barely any horror. It, it had the it had these creatures in it, and they they were they were frightening. I mean, they were mm-hmm. definitely. Because I feel like the, the scene when Tessa Thompson got pulled into the mm. the, 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 the shack. Cr- crooked house, the yeah. crooked shack. I feel like that was in one of the trailers, and so that, I, I, I thought so. that's what we were going to see, like a exactly. lot of that. Yeah. That's what set the and then when that happened too. so yep. early, and she was rescued, I'm like, okay, so I think that was a trailer moment, mm-hmm. um, and that that yeah. really just sets up an opportunity for them to see the first of these creatures. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, so yeah, so I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't sure if I wanted to see it because of the trailer. But when I heard the films that it was being compared to, and because they're some of my favorite films, I'm like, okay, now I need, now I need to go and see this. And so I bought a ticket right away for the next morning for a showing and went, and was kind of really anticipating like what I was about to see. And I would say that the film. I have a very similar reaction to this film that I had to the film Mother by Darren Aronofsky um, that uh, Jennifer Lawrence was in last year. One of those films that, like, you go in, like, not knowing, like, okay, am I going to like this or am I not going to like this because it's so, can be really weird. And there was a lot of mixed reviews with that film. I feel like, uh, I, I think so far Annihilation has gotten better reviews critically than Mother did. Um, Which but, I get. But I, I was like, okay, this is going to be one of those films maybe where it's just like, I got to see it. It's going to be an interesting experience, but I don't really know if I'm going to really, really love it or if it's going to be something that I'm just going to be like, okay, that was okay. And, you know, with Mother, it's like, okay, I saw that once. 
I don't need to see it again. I'm glad I saw it once because it's so crazy and different and it does make you think about things. You know, it's a very deep movie. It's an allegory of the world and life and stuff. Um, and obviously, you know, maybe at a later date on a week when it's kind of quiet and there's not a lot of films, we can revisit that film because I know you have a lot of thoughts on it. It's oh, with Mother? Mother, yeah. I have, I have no interest in seeing that again. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, so anyway, so that's kind of what I was going in. I was thinking of, like, Mother and stuff. So I, I go into this movie and I, and I watch it and... I did have kind of a similar reaction to it, although I wouldn't go so far to say I wouldn't see it again because it's not as horrific and as crazy as as Mother is. But it's definitely a film that has an intensity mm-hmm. to it that's similar to Mother. But it's coming, it's kind of coming from a different place. It's coming from an internal place. Mother was a film that was very much an allegory of humanity and the earth and the relationship between humans and human nature and the planet. The universe, well, and um, and the Bible, and the yes, and and the, and, and, the, and, the, and the Bible being a human nature, you know, a result of that. Uh, I felt like Annihilation was very internally focused. It was about people's relationships with themselves. It's about feelings of existential existential dread and self hatred and depression. And so that 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 was really interesting to me because that's what, that was kind of the unique element about the film where I'm like I'm really glad I watched this and I don't really know if there's anything else that quite does what this film does especially kind of in this genre because it's dealing with these issues in an interesting way and I will uh, this is kind of my mantra the thing I love the most about sci-fi is putting human beings in weird situations that they normally would not be in in everyday life so that you can deal with everyday life issues in a new way that kind of like exposes the human psyche a little bit more than just everyday life things would. And this film does that as a science fiction it's film. As, as a science fiction, it's also, what's it called, a, a 10 minutes from now science fiction mm-hmm. where things are very similar to how they are from today, but all you need is one leap mm-hmm. forward. Exactly. And I mean, in this case, it's yeah. a media from space. Yeah. Which is a bit out there, but given everything else, having a media from space, assuming that happened, yeah. So, I mean, it is very close to daily life, which is kind of, which which definitely adds yeah. to that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's what that's what I really lo- loved about the film specifically is like, okay, this is cool. This is, this is taking these characters who are, are dealing with loss, depression, you know, suicidal thinking, and then they're putting them in this fanciful situation to kind of delve deeper into their psyches and what's what's going on. And I would say that if there's one thing that kept this movie from being a film where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is one of the best films I've ever seen, it's the fact that I felt like they, with all the time that they had, perhaps they could have delved a little bit deeper into all the other characters other than Natalie Portman's character, Lena. Like, Le- Lena was very well fleshed out. I loved what they did with Lena. She's obviously central to the film. Like, the movie's about her. Um, the other characters, I felt they did a very good job with their backstories and with dealing with their individual kind of story arcs and stuff but again it's like for this film to be like you know a a magnum opus type film and a a definitive film of its genre maybe they could have been a little bit more diverse in the issues that they were dealing with and and, and gotten a little bit more into I feel well, I mean, like I, I think they picked the the troubles that were te- that the other people were dealing with because they could be addressed quickly and didn't need a lot of backstory. Exactly. One person had a had a drinking problem. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure everybody has a different reason why they can get to that point. Same with uh, uh, the one person has a self harm problem. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, and then you have uh, one person uh, lost has a cancer. Child. Cancer. One, the thing with yep. that that what I was kind of curious about because she did say she lost a child. She says it's strange how one death can make you lose your child and your lover. She said she was mourning two people. Yeah, so yes. was, that, was that like with the death of her child, her partner left no, her? No, she said she was mourning her child and the person she used to be. Yes. That, okay. that changed her so fundamentally that yeah. she, okay, that's you know, you kind of miss, you can't be that person anymore and you feel like you, you miss who that was. And, mm. and that really, I think, in many ways explains what she was doing on this. Well, yeah. if I can't yes. be that person, I need to f- figure out someone else to be or maybe I'm a little more willing to go on what might be a suicide mission. Yeah, Because so there's no going back. Yeah. Like I think with, that's what she was trying to say. With that character, yeah. that probably could have had a little bit of background. Mm-hmm. Because bit, it's like yeah. with that part, I was, I mean, because I got really easily lost into the movie because visually it's a mm. great movie. It's easy, And yes. with, just with the sound as well, it's easy to get lost into it. Yes. Which is what happened to me. And then I heard her talking. And I was like, wait, what did she just say? <laughs> Shit, wish I have to wait until it's, this gets brought up yeah. again. Because I figured 
it seemed kind of mysterious, or at least when I half heard it, so I was like, okay, maybe sh- maybe she'll mention it again, and I'll be able to get more. But I didn't, so unfortunately, I yeah. Couldn't part of, that part was. of, I guess, why it worked for me in that they didn't dr- del- delve too deeply is because Natalie's character was the main focus. I don't think she was that interested in their backstories. Mm-hmm. That makes uh, sense. Maybe just a little bit of enough to know. Because she didn't even ask the, the other uh, the woman in the boat with her. I forget their characters' names, but yeah. she told her yeah. this one doesn't drink anymore. This one cuts herself, yeah. and then it was brought it was the up first later. One to die who said that? Yeah. yeah, and so I I think that's kind of like you're you're watching the movie through Natalie's eyes, and she's didn't seem interested in them whatsoever. She wanted to go in there yeah. and figure out if she could find a way to save her husband. Yeah, the rest was they were just along for the ride to her, yeah. you know, and and. I could see how that would be interesting, an interesting story to tell, but I think you would then have to maybe change her character a little bit so that they were a team from the beginning, and we mm. this isn't a, a movie about her going into mm. the Shimmer. It's a, it's about a team of yeah. five women going in, and they've always been a team and why they matter to each and other. And they did a very, they did a pretty good job, and as far as, like, keeping, you know, Lena's storyline really interesting, they did a good job of that, and the other characters definitely you know, fleshed her out very mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So that's great, and I love that. Um, and it, it's 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 super interesting to me. Um, I, I think this movie's cool because, you know, there's been so many sci-fi movies, so many sci-fi movies, so many movies that have dealt with, like, weird phenomenon, X-Files-type stuff going on, and yet someone's figured out a way to write something that I haven't seen before, this mm-hmm. whole kind of idea of... This uh, this uh, prism effect going on, where everything's being refracted and kind of put back into itself and reassembled in weird ways, and and how this is happening, it, it's most evident in in life and life mm-hmm. forms. And I, I thought that was a pretty cool idea. Now I know this is based on a book, so I'm assuming it's the author of this book that d- deserves the praise for coming up with this idea. Yeah. Um, so th- that was really interesting. So I'm glad I'm glad to like watch sit down and watch a film in this genre and be like okay it's something new you know i don't really know how this is going to play out because i've never seen a film where they've had this exact thing that they've been dealing with before and it also was cool how you don't really know what's going on at first like it is very bizarre you're like what what could this be there's so many different things that this could be there's so many things that could be going on they gave it away within one of the first interrogation scenes interesting when she had the uh, ouroboros tattoo yes i saw that i was wondering what the significance of that was but i i didn't know i didn't know what that was like you didn't know what the ouroboros no i didn't okay i I think anybody who knew it because i mean interesting it's it's about kind of turning in on itself and devouring Mm -hmm. itself which i mean is is what this ended up being and and making something new and yeah that's entirely what so i mean I, i could get that's cool. But what was interesting is she didn't, you know, she didn't have that tattoo when she went to the jungle, but the other girl did. Yeah, I So it's like it's like that part of that other girl ended up becoming yes. part of her. And well, so I was it, watching her yeah. arm through the whole movie. Same, I was they too. explain this well, because the next scene I think when they were went to the current she was saying like, "Oh, how did I get this bruise?" Mm-hmm. And then yeah. who had the Ouroboros? Was that the uh, paramedic? The one that was attacked by the bear. For okay. the second time. Second time. Okay. Second time. Second time. So yeah. the one who went crazy, basically. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's. But yeah, she started, and it was weird because the one who was attacked by the bear the first time. God, this is horrible. They don't know their name. Um, <laughs> she gave her like a weird look when she said, "I'm starting to get this bruise." Almost it mm. made me wonder, like, does she know? But you know, never addressed. And I actually like that about it is that this shimmer in the prism was mm-hmm. so bizarre that in the end they don't tell us everything. No. And there's a lot. There was a lot more going on that really didn't matter to Natalie's characters story of why right. she why she went in there she right. didn't go in there for those types of answers she just wanted yeah. to see if she could save him so it was yeah. cool that they threw a few other things and to me those are the kinds of things that a lot of times i feel like are if there's a book version they're in the book and they get explained and then when it comes time for the movie they're like no we don't have time for that just cut it all together Th- that's why i kind of want to read the book i want to read I, the book I feel starting like this, tomorrow <laughs> yeah. i feel like this probably left out so much yeah. i mean that's why yeah. i think I think you can watch this movie once and you can understand exactly what it's about. Mm-hmm. But I think what you want to do is you want to rewatch it because yes. there's probably going to be like like with the yeah. tattoo, there's probably way more and then just seeing because it's just the scenery is beautiful. Yeah. Yes. It's interesting seeing how things have changed. So I think just going back and just watching the movie, you're going to notice a lot of stuff you didn't notice the first time, yeah. you didn't notice yeah. the second time. Ideally, I would like to watch it once more, then read the book, then watch it again. Mm-hmm. But I think for the sake of time, I'm just going to start the book <laughs> yeah. tomorrow and just get this going because I don't yeah. know if I'll have time to catch it three more times. But, <laughs> yeah, but, so that by the time it comes out for home release, I've, I've yeah. already read the book because yeah. I, I'm very curious about... You know, I left with a lot of questions. Yeah. And so now, now my question... 
internally is like, okay, so did did was I supposed to have these questions, or was it like laziness on the film that they just didn't like the answers were in the book the whole time and they just didn't didn't translate or didn't bring them I, over? I kind of liked how you know a lot of things were kind of open to yeah. interpretation. I mean, I'm hoping because, that's the answer because there's so many there's so many films where you know like, like for instance with Mother, I felt that was very heavy handed. Where this is what we're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. like you you kind of got it. It was really drilled into you. Whereas with this film, it's like okay, I think I know that they're talking about, like, existential crisis and depression and letting go of of somebody you care about and, like, things like that. I'm like, I could tell, like, the the author was drawing on life experiences while writing this, and these are probably the life experiences they were drawing on. But it it felt, like, more kind of derivative than trying to get a message across. And I thought that was kind of cool because it's like, well, that means that if you go into this film and you have something in your life and you can relate to this, it can be so many different things. You know, like I was thinking of things that I'm going through right now where I'm like, okay, I can kind of relate to this thing or this thing or this thing that happens to these characters or that's happening inside the shimmer because I'm, I'm kind of thinking like, what if I were to go inside this myself? How would it affect me and my feelings on this or that? And I feel like most people can walk into the film and have that connection to it, whereas Mother and films like that are just like, all right, we're talking to all humanity here. You all, you all you know, have <laughs> hands that are in the cookie jar here, you know, with that. So I, I thought that was kind of cool how uh, it, just how there's kind of a refraction going on within the film. There's also this refraction on how we connect to the film as well. And I think it was uh, Dead Child Lady. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dead Child Lady. Um, who said something along the lines of leaving, like when you come in here, you leave your old self behind yeah. or, or mm-hmm. you, you turn into someone else, which, yeah. I mean, it's talking about the overall theme, but it's also foreshadowing into mm-hmm. a lot of other stuff. So that's kind of mm-hmm. one of the other reasons yeah. why it's good to kind of go back and see mm-hmm. it. But... I did. I did want to ask you guys. Um, how did you think this compared to Ex Machina? Good question. So Ex Machina is that's that's the film about the android. Yeah. Right. With the attempt to create uh, undetectable AI. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. The yeah. past the Turing test. Um, I really liked Ex Machina. I've only seen it once. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it after it came out on on home video, which is whatever that is now, <laughs> and. Um, I, I, it's 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 difficult for me to like one to one compare the two films because they're two very different types of movies. Like Ex Machina is kind of in the category of like her with Joaquin Phoenix to me, where it's like futurism but like dystopian future. Well, but but it, it's another yeah. similar similar to Annihilation. Yeah, Ex Machina is also at ten minutes from mm-hmm. now. True. Yeah. Yeah. If from from the the construction, I guess there's some similarities. I mean, there. I mean, we already have yeah. some pretty lifelike AI yeah. that are going around oh, yeah. right now. So for someone to just be able to put this together, maybe yeah. not that it's one person who's able to do all yeah. this might be a bit. I mean, yeah. that's, that's kind of a suspension of disbelief there. So no problem with that. But it's. They they are very I think and I'm kind of interested to see what else he's going to come out with because it seems yeah. like he's very interested in putting out sci-fi yeah. that is just around the corner things that are just around the corner kind of yeah. similar to uh, similar to Black Mirror mm-hmm. all these things oh yeah X Machina was definitely a, an, an episode of Black Mirror oh yeah like without question it was is very yes. similar to some of the th- the themes in that movie and the universe is kind of very similar and it's dealing with the same things and how like humans relate to uh, technology and how technology changes the way humans relate to each other. Um, so that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I think they're both great films. I wouldn't, right now, I can't say which ones I liked better or which one I think is a better film. I think they're both fantastic films. Um, and obviously, like, based on those two films, um, I would see the third one, you know, created by, you know, the same, you know, group, yeah. for sure. Um, so. Yeah, no, it's it definitely holds up to me and, and for uh, that. The main reason I brought that up, besides being made by the same yeah. person, is because you have the end of Ex Machina where she escapes. Mm-hmm. She, this AI, is loose in the world mm-hmm. where nobody knows what she is, short of someone who might be alive, but is probably mm-hmm. dead and probably won't be able to do anything. Yeah. And then you have Annihilation, where at the very end of the movie, even though they've supposedly destroyed the Shimmer, mm-hmm. You do still see the trace of it mm-hmm. in, in their eyes, so it's like yeah. it's it is a similar theme of yeah. you've oh, you have this obstacle, you've overcome it, but you haven't really, and now it's out there. So now, what do you do? Because now there is no like with the shimmer previously. It's oh, we stay away from this big area, yeah. this big area that's covered in the shimmer with the AI. Oh, we are aware of what she is because of the tubes and the panels. But now it's been incorporated into real life and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's interesting. 
oddly enough, I was just looking something up. I was trying to grab the names of the other characters so I don't have to keep saying. <laughs> but it mentions um, where I'm looking right now that the, the book this was based on turned out to be the first of a trilogy. So there is more. Yes. But when the film, when the when the um, when they started writing the script for the film, the other two books weren't done, so they didn't worry about where they were planning to go with the other with the other books. Mm-hmm. But that does kind of you know the fact that it let the ending was left open for there's there's obviously more like it's not every trace so of the so what's is interesting gone. about this is it is we so already have to read three books we've already <laughs> well, we've already we've already talked about you know how you know this this film may not do very well in the box office because films like this t- tend to not to i mean look look at a film that i loved a lot that's also a sci-fi film blade runner 2049 mm-hmm. last year i very critically acclaimed movie I, one of my favorite movies of last year i'm a little pissed off that it didn't get nominated for Best Picture, actually, to be honest. Um, and that made nothing. That made no money at all. It, like, lost money. And it's it, it's going to be very difficult for for a sequel like that to get the type of funding that that film got. Well, I mean, Blade Runner itself was always more of a cult following. Exactly. It had a very intense yeah. fan base, but it was very small. And exactly. They remade it hoping they'd probably be able to cash in on all of the, uh, the remake and reboot mm-hmm. interests that people seemed mm-hmm. to have. But... It's st- it seems like it was still yeah. just you have the people who were like ooh they're remaking that movie that's yeah. cool but they never saw it then you have the people who were really into it who are still alive right now who are like yeah. yeah okay I'm gonna go see that but it's a smaller it's a smaller pool you're not gonna get as many people as something that's brand new or as something that yeah. when it came out was yeah. critically acclaimed it's a miracle that or had a huge that following. both Blade Runner films got made to be honest because mm-hmm. I mean you go back to the first one I mean it was all like Ridley Scott talking to Alan Ladd Jr. and Alan Ladd Jr. give like okay Ridley like you've Alien worked out well let's let's do this you know like it, it was it, it could have gone a lot of other ways and that film couldn't have gotten made so uh, that's interesting but bringing it back to Annihilation it's like now I'm wondering just like with Blade Runner I'm like okay there really needs to be more movies more movies would be great but will it happen because of the amount of money that it's making? I don't know. I'm worried about that. I think if they made Cloverfield Paradox, <laughs> I think they're going to make a sequel to Annihilation. Uh, maybe it'll be a Netflix sequel. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I, I don't I don't expect the, the budget for Annihilation to have been as much as Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, I was just going to ask, would you, can you see what the budget yeah, for I'm Annihilation Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, okay, budget. budget. But, you know, obviously, like, a film like this, you know, yeah, it would be really cool to see the other books made into films. Budget fifty-five million. Not bad. Box office thus far. Keep in mind, just opened. Yeah, three point nine. Now I don't oh. know. This is Wikipedia, so who knows when it was? Yeah, updated, but I'm yeah, that was his yeah. first night only. But still, yeah. I, when you said fifty, I'm like, okay, we can do this. You know, the Clone Wars movie made eighty million dollars. We could do this. Yeah, I mean, when, when I was uh, when I was getting my ticket today, there were a lot of people, a lot of people there to see it, but there were also a lot of people that were still buying tickets for Black Panther. So yeah, it's a tough one. You're up against a movie that that made a bunch of money and then also had a bunch of hype for all the mm-hmm. people that still didn't see it. Are you know? Yeah. My my prediction for the end of this weekend will be Black Panther is obviously still going to be number one. Well, so we also have a game night, which and game night which was there, there were very, there were three things going on today. A very yeah. easy watch movie for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, yeah and so. you've got Red Sparrow ca- coming out next weekend. You got yeah. Wrinkle in Time coming out the weekend after that. You got some really big films coming out in the next few weeks. Okay, so I, I wanted to ask you guys something about Wrinkle in Time. Yes. So my theory is the reason they're oversaturating every movie. Hmm with the making of and the trailers is because they know it's not a good movie and so they want to get as many people into seats as they can opening weekend so people don't have time to look at the reviews and see that they're bad and say, you know what, maybe I won't go see it. Because that, that's, I mean, it could just be Disney blowing its load super early. And I, I, think that, I think it's Disney hopes. because I, I, I think this film has a similar kind of lead up as, as the Star Wars films have had. It's, I think it's a similar PR strategy as Star Wars. But everybody knows Star Wars. Nobody, no, I mean, not nobody, but very few people actually actively know Wrinkle in Time. I don't and know. And be like, oh, Wrinkle in Time, I'll I, go I feel like I feel like yes. Wrinkle in Time is kind of in the same space as, like, The Giver and Ender's Game when it comes to, like, YA books that are pr- pr- most people have read or heard about. Um, in my opinion, I mean, I, I, I've read the book several times 
and starting when I was pretty young. But I mean, most of the people who read it was because it was assigned in high school or junior. Right, exactly. Like just so just those people aren't going to want to be like, oh, that book I was forced to read at that institution mm. I hated. I can't wait to see. That well, some people might think that, but other people might think, oh, this is the book that you know made reading fun. <laughs> this is why I read a book because I had this true. one to yeah, read. I, guess if you really like it, yeah. I, I think yeah. it's just the, it's just the Disney marketing machine. I don't think it's a signal that it's that's, not that's do what well. I think yeah. that that's what they do, and and that maybe once this film comes out, then they shift to and, more Han Solo and. That that that, mm-hmm. um, they they do this for all their films and the ones that 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 flop is just people yeah. didn't didn't connect um, and okay. I think that I think they've made a big deal about this I mean they were this was a huge thing at D twenty three which was like yeah. last summer that's so what I was gonna say in a long time but I was gonna say they were really excited for it at D twenty three they they brought like everybody out that was in it and they talked to them and. You know, uh, that was that was a thing. That was an event. Yeah. I mean, it, it could very. I mean, the trait. I've gotten a bit tired of it, but I mean, it does look like an interesting movie. It does yeah. look like it's going to be well made. It, it looks like it's going to have a lot of. I mean, you're going to have a lot of people going to see it regardless. Yeah. But I, it's I can't. I just can't remember the last time I saw a movie that was this hyped. Mm. And I'm just wondering why it's this hyped and why. Maybe, maybe this they're just starting something new. But well, that's pro- probably, I think, too, is like, you know, with, with Star Wars and with like the Marvel films, it's like there's already that built in audience because except for with The Force Awakens and with Iron Man, you know, every other film's come after something that's been successful. Whereas this film, you know, the, the only it's with it's it's within like the book films genre, you know, which it doesn't I don't think that transfers over as directly mm-hmm. as, oh, I loved Iron Man, so I'm gonna see of course I'm gonna see Avengers. And and I think you know? back when we were only getting like a a Marvel movie a year. Yeah. It was like this. Like mm. if if it was, you know, Iron Man two coming out, it was like every movie had the Iron Man two trailer, it seemed like. Now we we maybe don't notice this as much because now every movie has a Marvel trailer because they have three, sometimes four coming out a year. But it's it's this is the the next big Disney movie coming out. So it's the only thing that they're really pushing right now. That's that's Disney that like Disney branded. Obviously, they've got Marvel and they've got sure. Star Wars as well. Mm-hmm. But this is under this is a Disney film, and they, you know, they've been on a bit of a roll. Compared, I mean, if you look back, like not too far back in the past, when everything they put out just would wasn't connecting. Um, and and so maybe they're just trying to capitalize that on. We we tell people it's a Disney movie, and they're going to be excited about it. Uh, so they want to get it in front of as many eyes as possible, because, like you said, it's not part of a franchise. Maybe yeah. it will be, but right now it's not. There's not going to be word I'm of mouth sure unless they're pushing if it. If there's if there's sequel books to this one, I'm not. But aware. they won't. They, they, there doesn't like if it, if it's successful, yeah. there doesn't need to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'll find a way to spin it. And, oh, know. they they definitely will. But again, I think I think within like the YA like book adaptations genre, mm-hmm. it's just all about okay, this is successful, so then let's find another similar book that we can make right. a movie out of. Like we know we didn't see. You know, a sequel to Ender's Game, even though Ender's Game I know has sequel books. It, um, it, yeah, it's. But I, th- I think that's more to do with a lot of people not wanting to support the author. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a boycott. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I I was disappointed by by the Ender's Game film. I mean, the, yeah, the movie itself kind of. I, I, I don't I, think it, it really does. There was there was a there's a there's a really great subplot about what's going on. On, on Earth, when everybody's training um, with his brother and sister, and them literally like using, you know, uh, aliases on forums and blogs to basically take over the government, and yeah. it's super interesting. And I, they don't do. I don't think they even mention it in the film. And I'm like, dang it, that was like half of the reason why I liked that book was because it was so intriguing that some like teenagers could take over the world with the internet like this. <laughs> I th- yeah, I think that's more the limitations with m- it's not limitations, differences between movies and books. Is movies you can only do you can only do so so much without just hammering narrative and exposition at the at the viewers. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, per- personally, I always I always preferred Ender's Shadow over Ender's Game. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> but no, I mean I mean the the books are interesting, but I think it's just kind of it comes down to the court of public opinion. People yeah. aren't going to want to see it because they don't like the author. And yeah, so yeah, now that makes studi- sense. Studios plus, I mean, it was an okay, it was an average movie. Yeah, but, and, but you're not going to have people who want to put yeah. out all this money into making this movie if they think it's going to get boycotted again. Exactly. Unfortunately, because yeah, like you said, there are there's so many sequels and so many sort of sequels, and and they're yeah. all and the books are all really yeah. interesting. Yeah. So we want to hear you guys' thoughts on this. 
Um, definitely send us a tweet at KPFK Geek Radio. Go to our Facebook page, KPFK Geek Radio. We want to hear your thoughts on Wrinkle in Time, on Annihilation, on Black Panther, anything. Uh, we'll definitely be talking about your feedback on the show. Uh, we're going to transition oh. now to bringing Ron back in. Let me just say one last thing. This won't ruin anything for him. Just on, yes. the, on the box office, it's projected to do 10 to 12 for the weekend. The 3.9 was opening day. That makes did, sense. Did close to... It did like uh, nine hundred thousand on the, the Thursday and, night and, opening, so. and I assume that there's maybe some international markets that haven't opened up yet. And either. well, and if you're uh, international, you only have to wait a couple of weeks to watch on Netflix because apparently it goes to Netflix internationally in March. It was part of the, this weird deal. I that did hear about yeah. that. That's that's interesting. I didn't yeah. realize it was so soon though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I might need to um, get hack hack my computer so I can <laughs> watch this again <laughs> from the comfort of my own home. All right, so let's let's get it. so Ron talk about what you did last weekend while. And why you weren't on the show last weekend? Okay, I wasn't on the show. Uh, I wasn't on the show this weekend because uh, for anybody who's seen me over there, um, I was at Long Beach uh, Comic Expo, not Comic Con, but Comic Expo. And this was just this is this is what I enjoyed about Long Beach Comic Expo um, is that it is one of the smaller cons. It is one of the uh, well Expo Con. We'll just mm-hmm. use the words in- interchangeably. Um, where you get to actually interact with a lot of the people e- even more. And what I'm surprised about this year as compared to the con is that they actually changed the space that they used. Mm. Last uh, last year um, and the previous expo that they've held at the Long Beach Convention Center was that they utilized a, a much bigger space. And so they had more of the artists and vendors and uh, retailers uh, come out. This, this, this year it was more of, of a smaller space. Mm-hmm. Um, but you still di- you still had a fairly good turnout. It was this is a con really for um, a little bit of the cosplaying and fans and geeks alike uh, to mingle around, to get to know each other, to get to know these new artists. And you're not gonna have uh, the big names uh, that are there, except with the exception of, of a few who who did show up. We had uh, we had uh, former WWF at the time Rikishi over there. Nice. Uh, there was uh, Joe Keery, who uh, is on the uh, – I forgot his name – on Stranger Things. Oh, Joe Keery. Um, I know who you're talking about. He's the one with the With hair. the long hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the babysitter. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yes. Um, there was uh, another preview for a movie that um, – Oh my gosh! Why can't why can't I remember his name? The guy who played uh, the, the David Tennant. Ah yes. How can I remember? I forget his name. He's gonna be having a mo- new movie. Interesting. Uh, but it, it was it was it was about the it was about the cosplayers. Mm. Uh, it was it was really cosplayer focused, art art artist alley focused. Uh, I got to see a lot of great things. Usually at the Long Beach Comic Expo and Convention, they have a lineup of the of the vehicles that they have that are uh, basically replicas. Um, of the movies, so they had a couple of the jeeps there from Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. They even had the huge uh, trailer where they kept some of the Raptors in wow. from the very first Jurassic Park, nice. and I have not seen that before. No, so, I don't think I have either. Yeah, I have not seen that before, so I actually had to take a picture of that because that was the awesome. first time. Um, it was funny. One of the jeeps had uh, uh, had they had little Easter eggs in there. They had Barbasol in that. Um, yeah, the Barbasol from Dr- the first nice. Jurassic Park in it. Nice. Um, one of the other vehicles had, uh, I think, a raptor popping out. Another dead body in there as a skull popping in. It was, it wow. was, it was great. Um, uh, the one thing I want to, I, I do want to mention as a highlight of the visit was that uh, the guest of honor, Don McGregor, over there made an appearance, hmm. and he made. He's one of the past writers of. Uh, the Black Panther comics. Interesting. And Marvel. So uh, he wrote uh, part of it. He wrote one of the story arcs called Black Panther's Rage. Now, given I, I'm re- still relatively new, I, I'm going to put this out there as a disclaimer and as a as a heads up to everybody that I'm still relatively new to the comic book world. I was born to the comic book world late, um, but I- in saying so, I did actually get to meet uh, Evan. I hope I pronounced his last name right. Evan Narcisse. Narcisse who is currently writing The Rise of the Black Panther, which I think is a great... And, and only two issues have been out right now, mm-hmm. um, which has a, I think is a great start to the story. Interesting. Um, so he and uh, one other person, I forgot, 
but he and Don McGregor were on this panel talking about the history of Black Panther. What was it like for Don McGregor to experience writing Black Panther? Um, and it was cool. I, I got to ask a question, um, and they were giving out giveaways. So they, it was uh, uh, for Marvel Studios. They were giving out uh, special Marvel Studios hats for any for anybody who went to San Diego Comic Con. Um, when they previewed the new Marvel's logo and introduced Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, as well as that same year when they introduced uh, Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, um, th they gave out Marvel Studios hats. So this year, for anybody who's been to those special previews or special events, they gave out uh, those same type of hats, but it had the Black Panther font written script um, nice. on it with the Marvel Studios logo. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool to that get that. That was that was Sweet. that was pretty cool. I was I was stoked about yeah. that. I didn't even expect to get one. Nah. Because the, the the panelist on the host panelist on that was like, okay, if you ask a really good question and a really thought provoking question, you might get a a, a piece of swag from mm. on behalf of Marvel Studios. So I went up and I really wanted to ask the question, like, what does it mean uh, for you guys to write? You know. Uh, a Black Panther nowadays compared to what it was like back then, mm. uh, something to that extent. And um, the the host panels gave me a hat. Um, let's see, what else can I tell you about the experience uh, at the con? Uh, ooh, okay. So the, I want to give it a shout out. Um, I, I didn't give a shout out to them earlier, but I will give a shout out to them now. There is a uh, cosplay um, and. Uh, Live, uh, live action. What is that? Uh, Larping. Larping. Yes. Group called the Rogue Rebels out there. Oh yes. Yeah, they are amazing. Okay, so this is a group. I, I just happened to walk around the con through Artist Alley on on Sunday, and they put on. There was a big crowd right in front of their area. Now they had moved the tables and everything because what they were doing was they gave us a live action. Uh, play of what it would be like to see what a Jedi and Sith Lord uh, would look like, uh, basically fighting in front of a live That's audience. Awesome. So you had uh, the saber, the saber guilds. I, I think they they make the lightsabers. Mm -hmm. um, they use those, and they're unbreak, they're uh, unbelievable. They're unbreakable. That is so crazy. Um, <clears throat> and they were literally fighting like as you see it on film. Nice. And they were, you know, yeah. they were doing the force hand push, um, and it, it literally looked. And you know, when they did the force hand push, either you saw the person on the receiving end, you know, either being pushed back or or they were sliding as they were pushing. It was like mm. it was like a moonwalk, but it, they were sliding mm -hmm. all the way back, which I thought was really cool. So that I had is. I had to take a video of that. I don't have a, a professional camera or anything like that. So thank you. Uh, uh, Thank you to my smartphone, you know, I didn't want to put a product placement out there, but thank you to my smartphone, you know, I had to, uh, I was able to record that, which came out really well, um, and uh, I got to meet uh, Mark Wade. If you don't know in the comic book industry who Mark Wade is, he has been a long time writer in comics, he's done comics, he's done, he's done a, a lot in Archie, he's done a, a series run with uh, a great artist named... Chris Samney or Chris Samney mm -hmm. on the Rocketeer. He's done. He's written Black Widow. He's done Superman. He's done a lot for DC and Marvel as well as independent comics. He's on the current run of Captain America on Marvel, um, and we hope that we'll have him as a guest on the air soon discussing. Oh, that'd his be awesome. Um, we're just hoping. No promises. <laughs> just hoping. If you're listening, we want you on the show. Yeah, Mark. <laughs> Mark, it was such a pleasure to meet you. If you're listening out there. At, uh, it was he, a pleasure meeting at Long Beach Comic Expo. He only took a few of your hairs, we promise. That, that's it. <laughs> when I took a picture with you, I did take a DNA sample. So if you're not able to make it, we might have a clone here. Just give us about 20 years and you'll be here one way or the other. Yes, we'll be old by then. Patrick, I don't know where you'll be. Ouch. But we'll be oh, no. <laughs> But, um... We hope you'll, uh, we hope I'll be sitting right here telling everyone why episode 12 was better than they thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I uh, gotta tell you. Uh, that's um, awesome. That sounds like a really great experience. Yeah, uh, I was uh, I was also stoked. It almost brought me to tears to meet uh, Andrea Romano. Mm. Um, she's, if, if you know her, if you know what she's done uh, for a lot of animated series and a lot of uh, movies, 
she's been the like the main go-to person as a voice casting director. Mm, One of my personal favorite animated series growing up was Batman the Animated Series. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Love that series. Love the noir film. Yes. Uh, the noir way style to it mm-hmm. with the black, you know, they use black paper for that. It was crazy. Yeah. But just she has she has stories to tell you. Like her she could have spoke throughout the one she could have spoke throughout the whole panel and not even a question being answered from the fans. And we'll learn a lot from her, and we'll just love her. So her telling the stories of like uh, how she got um, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill to voice wow. to do the voices of Batman and Joker respectively uh, was an amazing story. So being able to see her in a panel and then talking to her briefly, she is such a humble person. Uh, and just meeting her in real life that was uh, that was definitely a blessing. Wow, that's um, great. Was able to. Uh, there was some. There were some pin traders over there as well too. Uh, one of the groups out there is BB Create, who's done a lot of uh, making. I love that and, name. BB yeah, BB Create, <laughs> where they've they basically uh, adapt uh, BB Eight into all these different forms and shapes. Like there's awesome. uh, there's there's BB Eight as a, a Starbucks barista. There's BB Eight <laughs> as dressed up in Dapper Day oh, uh, Disney gosh. style. There's th- all those pins that they have. They have a. If you're a Star Wars geek. Follow follow BB Create. Uh, follow follow them on social media. Uh, support them. They, they they make a lot of fun for Star Wars geeks. If you're adding anything to cosplay or or your apparel or whatever. Um, uh, besides that, there was a lot of fantastic art going around. There was just so much to see. Um, and even in such a small con, and even in two days, and you get to, it's amazing. Like I felt like. This is kind of my training for WonderCon and mm. Comic-Con. Yeah. Because on the second day, I was already tired. I don't know if that's because of my age, too. Uh, people say I look young, but believe me, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm feeling it. I'm taking my fish oil supplements. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it was, it, you, you get tired. And uh, it, was, it was just a really cool exper- experience just to see the cosplayers yeah. and the artists out there. Um, yeah, if you've never been floor. to a con before, like uh, Long Beach Comic Expo, which happens about this time every year in Long Beach, uh, is definitely a good first con to go yes, to. Yes. Because it's not overwhelming, it's not big, it's no. scaled. Like you were saying, it's scaled to a point where you can actually have conversations with people. Like, you know. Yeah, you get to meet people. You get yeah. to see some crazy cosplayers that cross over their costumes with something else. Like, yeah. you know, you cross over. Uh, one, one year I remember seeing at Long Beach Comic Expo, you get to see. Uh, this couple that's dressed up as um, what should we call it? Toy Story characters. Jesse and Jesse and Woody, and Woody as Jedi. Oh my gosh! I think I've seen a photo of this before. Yes. They, yes. They've 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 definitely been on there. Um, I've seen um, pinup versions of the DC characters. So there were a couple girls that were dressed up as as pinup characters from cool. the DC uh, from the DC universe. We had. Um, Superman, Batman, and Flash. So nice. uh, one of them even posed in the Flash stance, where he's just about. Did Superman ready, have a mustache? You know what? It would be <laughs> odd. I want to see Superman with the porn star mustache. That's all I want. It w- that's another convention. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> I think that's that in Las is, Vegas. Yeah, that one's held in Las Vegas. San <laughs> Francisco. Uh, <laughs> if you know, um, I'm not okay. I'll just leave it at that. Um, <clears throat> I probably had some things to say, but not not family friendly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, it was amazing to see that. Um, it, it's really a con for the, the for you know if you're new to it, yeah. or if you if you really do just like, or if you're just burned out and you've been to like San Diego Comic Con, you're at Comic Con, you're just like ah, no, <laughs> too much it's, going it's on. Not, it's so it's not even overwhelming. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It was. Yeah. It, it was it was just small. Compact, yeah. fun, entertaining, yeah. Got, yeah. getting to meet people, getting to discuss the fandoms, getting to know people, adding them to your Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever and following them and, yeah. and gaining new friends and interacting with them. And you make new friends at these places. So um, Comic-Con, you're just in a rush to go everywhere yeah. and then get to get to that out. Game of Thrones panel. got to get there. Not gonna get in. San Diego is so <laughs> stressful. I can't tell you how, 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 much, how stressful it is just to go yeah. to San Diego. Yeah. I mean, I, I learned. Uh, I learned just to share one of my past experiences. I learned as one of my 
first times going there and I was able to get luckily I was able to get a the whole experience going five days including preview night um, I regret not doing the things that I wanted to do because I was mainly on the exhibit floor because uh, there was a lot you know that's a big space just, yeah. just trying to walk from one there. side to the other takes you know it can take you an year. hour because yep. so many people are in your way yeah you just feel like I'm not gonna get and you keep looking left oh there's something Ooh, he's, yeah. he's, he's catching your eye yeah. you're a fish walking upstream and then yeah. when when you're uh, walking fish walk <laughs> fish swim upstream sorry finding Nemo uh, 3 coming out 2022 <laughs> There's no, something in the water. We're, we're seeing Nemo. the Pixar theory go from <laughs> the the fish to the monsters. Nemo is now a mutant. Um, uh, he's got the X. That's what Annihilation was about. Yes. <laughs> Nemo. It's in the Pixar theory. It all makes sense <laughs> Nemo. Now. Nemo. No, Nemo has an X gene now, so it's evolved into... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The that's what The Incredibles is going to be at. I'm excited oh, for Incredibles the Incredibles 2 now. Oh, The Incredibles. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, the Incredibles coming out. When When is that? It's in May? It's coming out eventually. This summer, I know it's this summer. I don't summer. care. It's coming out, and when it's gonna be out, I'll be excited. As I'm counting well. down days to Han Solo. There's like 89. Uh, not counting. I can't keep any other numbers in my head right now. <laughs> We're divulging to a different topic because it's it's gonna be a Disney full year. Oh my gosh! And we haven't even talked about Infinity War. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited. Okay. That's why I'm excited <clears throat> that we got this show going for you guys. I wanna I wanna hear in comments if they do, uh, if they do like what Nerdis has done in previous years. Of hosting a marathon event, I would be down to. Th- I would be down for that. Yeah, and it, uh, just the whole lead up to Infinity War. Now I know Marvel put this out: the Road to Infinity War watch, where you watch every MCU movie. Well, I know the El Capitan will sometimes do things like that, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's I think where they've held that yeah. event and, yeah. and just just stoked about Infinity that War. Would be right. You know, I think what we need to do is we need to get a TV screen right there <laughs> and play them all back to back to back, <laughs> no break at all. We'll just yes. keep cycling people in. And keep a keep a supply of something that I'm not going to mention because it's a family friendly show. So we'll and have so we'll have the uh, so we'll have we'll contact Guinness Book of World Records and let them know we'll have the longest <laughs> podcast <laughs> in the world. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. So yeah, Guinness, Guinness holler at us. I'm holler. sure by now it's at least 40 hours worth of movies, at least, <laughs> at least. I would uh, think so. <laughs> wait, you do have to remember though, Marvel is now being owned by Disney. That mouse is litigious. Mm-hmm. So you might have an issue there. Yes. Yeah, that mouse. The house of mouse and the house of creativity. Yeah. <laughs> um, but going back to the con though, um, <clears throat> it was cold too. It was cold going outside. Uh, this weather has been abnormal. So. It's really cold in yeah, LA. We do the show in LA. It's It's been very cold this, it this is, month. It is very cold. Yeah, I, uh, you know, East Coast can talk uh, talk their talk, but we we, we LAers we're we're pretty spoiled when it comes to the yes. weather too. Uh, <laughs> Los uh, Angelinos. Yeah. Um, what what else can I say about the con? Just wonderful experience. It's, it's great. It is, it's, it is great to meet uh, comic book writers and yeah, and artists. And these are all independents. You're not seeing you're not seeing a lot of the major players out there. So it's not even that crowded. Whereas, you know, like we were mentioning earlier, San Diego, mm-hmm. we were walking down the aisles trying to get from one side to the other. Yeah. And, you know, all of a sudden you stop because you hear that Marvel booth is having this giveaway. Yep, yep, They're yep, giving yep, away yep. all these things. Yeah, and, yeah. Posters, you know, posters, posters. Posters and <laughs> keychains and glasses and, and yeah. you know, yep. a, a piece of Zoe Zaldana's <laughs> hair. Let's <laughs> see um, with, with you and yeah, people's hair. <laughs> You got, a, you got a thing with collecting hair, don't you? <laughs> I, uh, okay, I'm going to hide this in my hat. <laughs> Brie, <laughs> Brie Larson's toenail. Oh. <laughs> Being uh, sold on Amazon. So should, we, should we give our uh, P.O. box so the uh, lawyers know where to send the restraining orders? Uh, 3729 Coenga Boulevard West, <laughs> Studio City. <laughs> He's giving out the real address, Well, That's the funny part. I thought he would make something up. <laughs> Avengers HQ. <laughs> um... No, but but uh, yeah, it's it's not like that at Long Beach Comic Con. You can yeah. easily walk the aisles. You could. Um, you can walk downstream. You can walk downstream yeah. with ease. No pushing. No shoving. That's no cool. smelling somebody's. Um, uh, yeah, that's unhygienic good body. Parts. <laughs> that's that's all that unhygienic I care about. body parts. Is it a no. real con- is it a real convention if you can't though? <laughs> I would say I would say it is. It's a, it's a it's definitely a convention. I mean, what's a convention without like panels? Uh, guests, uh, guest speakers, hosts, cool. stuff being yeah. sold. 
Yeah, this sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm sad I couldn't make it, but hopefully next year I will. But I've gone to the two priors I've been to that yeah, one. It's, WonderCon it's will be great. the next one, March 23rd through the 25th. Looking, looking forward to this year's for the convention. Yeah, should be I think WonderCon, I think uh, Marvel is also going to be making a big announcement at WonderCon as well, too. Interesting. So probably, interesting. Uh, possibly Cloak and Dagger. Ooh. Um, maybe more Runaways. Maybe another big announcement about the, you know, the buyout. Mm. of maybe something like that. That'd be cool. So stay tuned. Uh, We'll definitely be talking about that announcement on a future episode of Geek Radio. But that's about how much time we have for the episode today. Uh, Don't turn off if you are listening live. Uh, We've got the podcast about anime coming up in just a few uh, minutes. But we're going to start wrapping up this show right now uh you can follow us on social media at kpfk geek radio we are on twitter we are on facebook and we are on instagram as well uh personally uh starting with you ron where can people follow you and find you on the internet okay i am on uh twitter and instagram at that that one nerd ron sounds good and what about you rj I'll let you know as soon as I have a place to be followed at. All right. So follow <laughs> RJ at KPFK Geek Radio. Your home address. <laughs> come, come here every Saturday and you can follow me home. That's how you can follow me. <laughs> Please don't follow me home. And 30, 3729. <laughs> exactly. And Patrick? Uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Patrick on the mic. Awesome. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at Seek3PO and on Instagram at Chris Siegel. So we'll be back same time, same place next week. But until then, for Patrick, RJ, Ron, myself, and Claire in the booth, keep on geeking on. Geek on!